Harvey Firestein. It was all in jest. Call off your dogs, Harvey. Call off your dogs. I don't know. My voice isn't. My throat's not fucked up right now, so it doesn't do as good a, a Harvey Firestein. You know what you're doing here, Bobby? Is you trying to make you boys do these little skits that you're thinking out right there? That's not what this show's about. You know what it is? I haven't had any alcohol. Yeah. Let me fill up my, let me fill up my wine with Boda Box. Give me some more of that box wine, Bobby. Boda Box. Just, Boda Box is a great value. We're not sponsored or affiliated with Boda Box. We're just big fans of it. We're plugging the. But look, I'm not saying I'm a big fan. You're saying you're. I've never even seen this shit. It's three to four liters. How much is it? Three to four bucks? Because I really like it. It's about twenty bucks. It's like th- it's like three, bo- four bottles of wine. Oh, for about twenty bucks, and it's, it's decent enough. That's like a five dollar bottle of wine multiplied times four. Yeah, we, we broke into the red wine at one o'clock in the afternoon. But mm-hmm. tonight's episode of Not For Everyone. It's going to be a good time tonight, folks. This is episode show. 25. 25. We have made the official quarter of 100. This is what you people have been waiting for. You know, Bobby made me a promise a long time ago. He said, once we get to 40 of these, then it's really supposed to start taking off. That's was like, 40? We did this 40 fucking times? I was listening to an interview with uh, Henry Zabrowski Jesus. from uh, Last Podcast on the Left, which is a very popular oh, yeah, podcast the that you don't listen pod- to. I have no clue what it is. You have no idea what it is. No. Uh, either way, he, <laughs> I, he, I think he was saying something like, once you hit 40, that's when you should have it figured out in more or less, I don't know, this isn't you know from the horse's mouth, but what I gather from it is like, if you haven't developed any kind of uh like routine or no like or format or steady format. audience um it's you know you're nothing's gonna happen you bet you might as well just give up kids but that reminds me what's it remind you of, bobby i'm not doing this for you uh-huh i'm not doing this for anyone listening right now no no this is just all for myself Oh, what? This podcast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Totally selfish reasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we both have day jobs. (laughs) Um, We both have uh, mundane Mm -hmm. traffic sitting lives. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty fucking miserable. And for one hour a week, we get to pretend like we're something bigger than we are. Well, Bobby, you have one hour a week. I take a lot more hours a week pretending I'm something bigger than I am. So uh, so listen, we're going to watch some movies tonight. We're going back to the end of February. Going to go back in time. You know, I was watching Scrubs last night, and uh-huh. uh, Michael J. Fox was on there. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, I'm like, God, like, how can that guy... What? Why are you shaking your head at me? You think I'm going to make a Parkinson's joke? There what it is. What kind of monster do you there think it is. I am? I'm like, I was thinking to myself, why does freaking Michael J. Fox not wear the sweet orange, like, sweater vest in every movie, like the flotation sweater vest looking thing. Life preserver. Yeah. Why does he not wear that in every show? Every movie he's in. I mean, maybe I'm partial to Marty McFly. Maybe it's a... Uh, I like the Nikes that um, like fit to your feet. Are you sure they weren't Reebok? Were they Reeboks? I don't know. No, I think they were Nikes. You know that... No, uh, you're confusing that with Reebok pumps, which were a real thing. Oh, yeah. Like 88, yeah, 89. Those were, those were things. 88. So those were things. Yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, 
Yeah, 2015 was the future in Back to the Future 2. Yes. It's come and gone. It's come and gone. Um, we do not have hoverboards. No. And they, things they call hoverboards nowadays. Mm-mm. People are like, that's a hoverboard. I'm like, no, it's a Segway without a stick. Yes. Yeah. This is like a, a hover implies a some sort of yes anti gravity yeah. technology. Like that's a, what hovering is. Like a hovercraft. Like those exist, and guess what they do? They fucking hover. Now, have you seen these um, these prototypes, scale model prototypes of these drones that are basically speeder bikes from Return of the Jedi? What? Yeah, I don't think they've made a full size one quite yet, but they were showing ones that were probably about I would say like half the size of. You know, it was, it was a good size, maybe right. like a little child. Did it have like the prongs on the front of it with the thing? No, no, it's not like, it doesn't look exact. It's not modeled after the speeder bike, but it's basically a, like a little mini personal helicopter that you sit on top of and fly around on. Wow, that sounds fun. That looks so fun. That sounds dangerous. You know, I've always wanted to do Bobby is that thing where they put like the water jets on your back and you float around over the water like in Kinney Power. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that too, but then I also think about like how embarrassing would it be if you got on that thing and like it could barely even like it wasn't enough pressure i'm fat like i have a weight problem yeah why can't these water jets lift me they they did be able to there's there's pressure bobby you'd be fine i mean you're a little on the on the hefty side husky husky is the term i did shop in the husky section growing up my mother was like, you're not fat, you husky. Did you ever stop shopping in the husky section? No, now I just shop at, uh, well, what sucks is I can't really wear t-shirts because right. more about height than like. You're wearing one now. I know, but it's still, if I were to stand up, it would, it would like, be it's like, like a, a crop shirt. top. <laughs> I got to be very careful. <laughs> oh, you get that long torso. But I uh, did go shopping at this store called DXL a few weeks ago for my wedding. DXL mm-hmm. is like a fat man store, mm-hmm. but they advertise it for big men. I don't. I don't necessarily find myself to be like morbidly obese. No, no. But but I I am a, have a large bone structure. <laughs> you don't really have a six pack though. No, no, no. That. That's true. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. So I go in there. I'm like, God, oh, they're going to have a lot of options. You for, don't have noticeable pecs. They're going to have a lot of options for bigger men. And and we roll up there, and of course it's between a uh, between a Jersey Mike's and like a CC's Pizza. I'm like that is proximics marketing right there. When you're there. going from your sub. So when you're going from your hoagie to your pizza buffet, stop in and buy some fat guy clothes. <laughs> DXL. <laughs> it's great. And I went in there. I was like, hey, man, I'm looking for like something to wear in my wedding. And he's just like, he gave me this look almost like <laughs> you're too fat to shop here. What? No But way. it was actually the opposite. He was like, look, man, like I'm, I'm used to dealing with like really, he leveled with me. I'm used to <laughs> dealing with really big men like you are not a good fit for this store. Right. No pun intended. <laughs> Did you tear up a little? I, I had a single tear like the Indian man when <laughs> you throw the wrapper on the ground. Thank you so much. I was like, well, that's the highest self-esteem boost I've gotten in like four decades. <laughs> You're not even 40. It's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to you, Bobby. Mm-hmm. That was nicer than the time that my dad gave me a hug once. <laughs> How was that hug? It seems like it'd be kind of awkward. It was short. It sounded like it'd be painful a little. Do you like kind of like squeeze too well, hard? Well, the, the beard is very like Brillo-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, um, like a, a SOS pad. <laughs> and uh, it hurts. It yeah. hurts the cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you must not hug much nowadays. No, no. <laughs> After that. I'm not no. a fan. I'm not a fan of people in my space or uh, in my general vicinity. Uh, You're lucky I let you into my house. Right. Well, I don't try to hug you. I don't, wanna, I don't think we've ever hugged. I don't think so. I think I ever did try. I would. I know I kind of want to hug you because I'm a hugger, but just kind of make you uncomfortable. Like there are people I know hugs make uncomfortable, like you and Ruben, like the 
I might shake your hand. That's it. Like that's all y'all want. I don't think you and I have had any kind of physical contact. I I gave you a fist bump once. Adapt. They call it. Well, call maybe adapt. we should. Uh, maybe we should baby step into more and more. I'm not touching you, Bobby. <laughs> I'm not fucking touching you. Now that you say it, I want to do it even less. And I'm a hugger. No, 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 thanks. I'm a cuddler, Bobby. I'm a cuddler. So uh, listen, Bobby. We're gonna watch some movie tonight. It's going to be a good one. So you tell me. Well, yeah. Why don't you explain the theme for this month? And this is the last episode of um, February. So whatever. We, we didn't have a name for it. There was no name for there it. There was no name. For February. It. But we always find ourselves basically, uh, have you seen this movie? No. Have you, oh, you haven't seen that movie. Have you, have you seen this movie? No. Oh, 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 that thing. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And I'm sure people can relate. We started with Existence. Started with Existence, which was a running joke on the show for a long time about how I was never going to watch that movie. Glad we did. Was, Go back and listen to the episode. It was fantastic. And watch the fucking movie. Existence is amazing. So that was Adam's watch Videodrome first, though. So that was Adam's recommendation. Yeah. And then that I had never seen. And then we watched, uh, uh, what was it? Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. Which I recommended to you. The whole time I'm going, how has Adam never seen this? I, and how, the whole time you're going, how have I never seen right, this? Right, right, right. It didn't make any sense. But I've seen it now. Yep. And then what was last week? Oh, yes. Lady in White. Lady in White. Yeah, yeah, that one. And I had never seen that. You'd seen that. And it haunted your dreams and now it haunts mine. Now, Good. I hope so. Have you had dreams about a small child being thrown in the sun like Icarus? I mean, I had those dreams before okay. where I was the small child. I'd have dreams about small children. Right. I really associated with that character when I saw it as a kid. Anyways, what are we watching tonight, Bobby? Tonight, um, 1970s. Ooh, is this a sci-fi 70s? horror? Ooh, um, taking it back. Written based on a Dean Koontz novel. Oh, that Koontz. And um, a very futurist horror. Uh-huh. Um, a nice little hybrid of mm-hmm. evil and technology. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Would you call that evil knowledge? That is going to get cut. Technivology. 1977, the year of Star Wars. Booyah. One of the last breaths of cerebral sci-fi before it got all Star Wars-y in this culture. Yeah, it got all space This is weird thinking man's weird sci-fi demon seed from 1977. But before all that, let me ask you this. Have you and I ever spent time together and it didn't digress and it is just like, like, like horrible, horrible things said. Like shit talking? Yeah, like I don't think we've ever had a time where we don't disparage one another at some point. I mean, there might have been a time once or twice when I was really down in my life in the situation and like we hung out and I didn't like talk shit to you. There might have been once or twice. Yeah, but I talk shit to you regardless. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Or at the very least, I acted like I was caring and concerned then like 30 minutes later (laughs) over a text message. I'm like, you're being a bitch. You need to stop being a bitch. (laughs) It's true. Call me when you stop being a bitch. The whole time we worked together for like two years, like it was just shit talking all day. Mm-hmm. So nice. Everyone loved it. They loved it. They loved it. They're like, hey, y'all should make a podcast to just that. This is before podcasts were a thing. Well, they were, but they weren't a thing until we started doing one. <laughs> <laughs> we Everybody knows that. Nobody gave a shit. Podcasts weren't shit before. Yes. Thank you to our, um, I think we're averaging about 70 to 80 listens per episode. You're so. welcome, podcast community. And I'm pretty sure that um, it shows people when people hit play again like if they pause it and uh-huh. go like poo uh-huh. and they come back and listen to it that counts as two oh yeah <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> right we have the biggest audience it's huge we have a very core 
mm-hmm. small audience, I mean, we but loyal. You. We love you. We love those loyal fans. One thing I want to bitch about the podcast is uh-huh. not necessarily the podcast. It's that I'd say the management of the Instagram account. Oh, okay. is the fact that uh, Daily Kurt Russell has kind of fallen off. It's run its course. No, man. it has. Ne- Kurt Russell has never run its course. Hey, man, I've Kurt looked- Russell is forever. I didn't. I didn't want to tell you this, Adam, but I'm. I'm gonna have to because you brought it up. Let's hear it. If you disparage the name of Kurt Russell, I swear to fucking God, you're getting a shoe in your face. I've looked at the numbers. And? And though there are that small core of loyal listeners and or just Instagram followers. Right. That do appreciate hashtag daily Kurt Russell. Uh Uh-huh. I've looked at the numbers. And? People don't stick around if you flood the market with Kurt Russell every single day. People don't stick around. So wait a second. What you're trying to tell me is the stupid ass homemade memes that you make. That's more important than Kurt Russell. No, no, Bobby. It's not. That's not what I'm saying at all. Daily Kurt Russell is genius. Two things. One, those memes are fucking awesome. <laughs> Says he. Two, uh-huh. I'm not saying that at all about Kurt Russell. So what the fuck are you saying? I'm saying that this is what I want. I want Kurt Russell to listen to our podcast. I want Kurt Russell to notice the daily Kurt Russell on Instagram and be like, what the fuck is this? I should listen to the show because they always talk about how great Kurt Russell is. Fine. Okay. Give me the, in, the, the data. The now, deets, the deets. I ask you this, Adam, if that's, if that's what your goal is with this. Yeah. Do we do this for other people or is this podcast only in place as our best opportunity to meet Kurt Russell? You just got finished saying that you did this podcast strictly for yourself. This isn't for other people. This is for us. Look, and if meeting Kurt Russell is for us, Bobby, it's for us. That's so I guess about. you just answered my question. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if this is if a, anyone wants to come along for the ride as <laughs> we try to just meet Kurt Russell by putting out hour long episodes of us occasionally talking about Kurt Russell, but consistently talking about Kurt Russell. You're always on our mind, Kurt. Dad. <laughs> You know, we you're right, though. We haven't really talked much about Kurt Russell lately at all. And I feel like we're just purging all that right now. Like all that stuff that's built up. Mm-hmm. It's built up well, inside. Up, and all day you're hurt. just like walking around like you're just like rubbing your pants against your desk. You're just like, oh, God, I just got to talk about Kurt Russell. Where can I go talk about Kurt Russell? That kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. is it weird to talk about Kurt Russell at work? You know, I've uh, I'm, I'm ready to start my, my roller derby announcing because I'm going to be an announcer for roller derby and the San Marcos River Rollers. And I decided what my name is going to be. I might have told you all this fans. Dirt Russell. Dirt Russell. Because they wouldn't let me just call myself Kurt Russell. I just wanted to say my name was Kurt Russell, but they wouldn't let me do it. So I'm going to go with Dirt Russell. I'm either going to wear a Joe Dirt wig or a Kurt Russell. There wig. is um alternate. I, I, it's still not very... I saw some more news about Kurt Russell playing Santa in this movie, but yeah, nothing really, and nothing, no new developments. It's just like, here's a uh, picture from the set. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's nice. I like that. Right. Don't not do that, but it's still, it's still, I, I want see, more than I want to see Kurt as Santa. I want to see Kurt dropping lines as Santa, you know? Yeah. In all seriousness, mm-hmm. since we're talking Kurt Russell, yeah. how many, okay. How frequent do you watch a Kurt Russell movie? Would you say once a week, once a month? Any chance I get. I mean, that's not the, that's not an answer though. I want a realistic answer. Like how, how often do you watch a Kurt Russell movie? Cause I'll be completely honest with you. I'll be honest. Okay. I would have to say realistically, probably three times a year. I see a Kurt Russell movie. 
Um, there, there are occasions, there are years when it's like more frequent. Right. Like, well, like there have been times when I've watched Big Trouble in Little China every day. Right. For like a month. You, you just know? get on that kick. Yeah. And you know when you go through phases where you're like, I've been listening to the Beatles nonstop yeah. for like two weeks. You do that with Kurt Russell. Yeah, days. exactly. I do. I definitely do. And so like <laughs> nowadays, like if I was in an average of my life, I would say three times a year times 37. How many? I think that that constitutes as a as a super fan, though. Yeah. I mean, that maybe not a super like you know. But he's always on my mind. He's always on your mind, he's and it's always it's, on my mind. it's honestly you're a film fan in general. You don't have time to watch Kurt Russell movies like on the like all the time. Clearly, there's you Nintendo have Kurt. you know what? There's, there's Nintendo out there, so I don't have time. There's Nintendo. There's other films, unfortunately, that do not have Kurt Russell. There's in them. women, and there's 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 women that there's bands and don't do. look like Kurt Russell. Um, but you wish they did <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, there's other things in life, right? Right, right. Besides Kurt Russell, but there's nothing else in life except for Kurt Russell. I just thought of something is there any video games you can play as Kurt Russell? There's a thing video game. What? It's a PC game from I think maybe like 10 years Do ago. Do you play as RJ McCready? I never played it, and I don't, I don't think it resonated too long do and you, i don't think you actually do play as rj you like build want, your own ca- don't quote me on any of this right is but, there like is there like a stargate video game or tombstone video game a or, tombstone <laughs> that'd be fucking badass right that would be that you would play be. as fucking doc or wyatt is, oh dude <laughs> that'd be so money is there like a uh the kid who wore tennis shoes video game right right like there should it seems be. like that would make sense i don't see how they never made an escape from new york or escape from la that came out in the 90s when they were making shitty video games of everything that's that would uh, escape from new or la the video Video game on it would be on Super Nintendo. It would be put out by LJN probably. It would have been on PlayStation. No, dude. Hold on. Super Nintendo was from like ninety one to ninety three. But I remember seeing Escape from New York, or excuse me, Escape from L.A. in the theater, and I was already like a shithead teenager. Escape from L.A. was 96, so yeah, you might be right. More PlayStation, maybe PlayStation 64. 1, 64, something around there. Okay, so th- conjure this image up in your mind. Uh-huh. Remember, uh, like, say... Superman 64. Right. And how shitty it was. Yeah. But I mean, for the time, the graphics were still okay. Mm-hmm. So imagine, pitch me an escape from New York or escape from LA in 64 game with that styling of, of uh, cinema based video game graphics. So it'd be pretty shitty. But what I would think, and, and I was just thinking this as you were talking, because I was just thinking about what I was going to say next, like you do. <laughs> I played a lot of uh, Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Metal Gear. Yeah, Snake's on, basically Snake. It's it's Snake. Whenever I played Metal Gear, he was Kurt Russell. His name is Snake. His name. Snake is fucking Kurt Russell. Like, Solid Snake is fucking Kurt Russell. So I guess there is a video game, at least in my mind, like, every time I play Metal Gear Solid, and I played the first, like, four of them, it's fucking Kurt Russell. I have a confession for you. Let's hear it. You know what World of Warcraft is? I'm familiar with the concept, yeah. Do you remember what was the the game like that before World of Warcraft? Diablo? Mm-mm. Warcraft? Well, EverQuest? Do you remember EverQuest? I remember, I've heard of it. Never EverQuest was like what everyone was playing the way they play World of Warcraft. Not everyone. Cause I, don't, I, just I had an EverQuest name. account very briefly, and I played EverQuest very briefly. Do you know what my EverQuest name was? No. Pliskin. What? It may have been like something before that, Pliskin. And you had to have been young. Yeah, I was like... 10th grade wow this was probably about 2001 Kurt you go back far with us buddy real far it's true man real far fun fact about Kurt Russell Uh um, and I'm sure our listeners who are big Kurt Russell fans already know this yeah duh Um, do you know that Walt Disney's last words were Kurt Russell what you didn't know that no it's for real seriously look it up what what's the context I don't know that no one knows somebody's Somebody's got. Uh, where did you hear that? I've seen it in multiple sources. 
You know, you can't just drop something like that without a fucking sword. I can't believe you didn't already know it, to be I'm, honest with you. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm Mr. Three Times a Year. I'm, I'm mad at myself. You know what? Now that I say three times a year, I'm like, that's fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, but honestly, I would probably say I'm th- three to five times a year. I watch Big Trouble in Little China a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a my lot. Favorite. It's probably my favorite. They, Walt Disney's Dying Words. Kurt Russell. Holy shit. But not... Were Walt Disney's last words really Kurt Russell? Sort of, but not in the way you're probably thinking. Kurt Russell was on the set of Universal Studios filming a Western TV show the day Walt Disney died. A contract actor under a 10-year agreement with Disney Studios, the 15-year-old had been loaned out that day, December 15th, 1966. Yo, can I get a loan on Kurt Russell, please? I was shooting a close-up and noticed there was some hubbub going on off camera, Russell told authors, whoever. Then everybody went quiet. They were looking at me and I thought, what the hell is this? This guy came over to me and said, I'm sorry to tell you this, Kurt, but Walt Disney died, Russell recalled. They were all very sweet. In the five decades since Walt Disney's death from lung cancer, a periodically reoccurring urban legend persists that the animation mogul's last dying words were Kurt Russell. Russell joined the Disney family in 1966 after blah, 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 blah. So it doesn't even explain why his last words are Kurt Russell. No, but what this does tell me is that Kurt Russell was there when Walt Disney died. Kurt Russell was there. That could be like, do you think like the the essence of Walt Disney carried on in the 15-year-old Kurt Russell? No, because that would just make him an anti-Semite like like horrible person to work for. Yeah, and Kurt Russell's above all that shit. Kurt Russell, uh, look, I've watched a few interviews with the guy. Um, he seems I, like a happy old He's guy. like, he's really down to earth, both him and Goldie. God, God love them both. I love Goldie. Apparently they're really down to earth. They're not sucked into like the whole uh, uh, Hollywood political shit that's right. always, they're just like. They're not trying to change the world. They, you know what they seem like? They seem like they're like, be like cool cool friends of your parents kind right. of people. I want to hang out with Kurt and Goldie. So, uh, you know, they have a child named Wyatt mm-hmm. and he was in Black Mirror. Yep. He was in that scary video game episode. He does. After you told me that I did, you know, uh, he does look like both of them. Right. He does. You, he you see like, both of them. In he looks like a yeah. cross between the two. He's supposed to be starring in the next Cloverfield movie. Yeah, but it, <laughs> did you hear that, Bobby? Like what? Let, what do you think about like Zappa? Are you familiar with Zappa plays Zappa? Zach Braff? No, Zappa plays Zappa. I was watching Scrubs last night, but no, I'm not familiar with No, this. Frank Zappa. Plays Frank Zappa? No. Oh, my God. All right. Still, let's start over. Uh-huh. Okay. Zach Zappa Braff. plays Zappa is an act that... Zappa plays Zappa uh-huh. is an act that Frank Zappa's son, Dweezil Zappa, Zappa does, where he tours around playing his dad's music. That's cool. It is cool. Cause he looks just like him and he's just as talented. But, um, but what I'm saying is, do you think this Wyatt Russell stuff is going to be one of those situations where you're like kind of trying to, or like, you know, uh, Julian Lennon mm-hmm. with like, he had some hits, mm-hmm. but he was never his dad. Scott Eastwood. He's an actor. He's in a bunch of movies. You'd recognize him if you seen him. He's Clint Eastwood's kid, mm-hmm. but he's not like, you know, Clint Eastwood. But then you have people like Josh Brolin. Yeah. And, uh, Daddy Brolin. What's yeah. What's his dad's name? Jim? Jim Brolin? <laughs> Pete Brolin? I don't fucking James know. Brolin. James Brolin. It was Jim. I was right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Pete Brolin out there, whoever the fuck you are. Yeah, Josh Brolin's doing good for himself. You know, I, you know how I know that? Not only is he Thanos, but he's Cable. 
He's played two Marvel wow. super characters in the next. Wait, what were we talking about right before Marvel? Kurt Russell. <laughs> That's what we were fucking talking about. The child of Kurt Russell, the children of these people trying to live up to the shoes of their fathers. Yeah, it's a rough. Um, it's a rough gig in life, I think. Yeah, but you know what? When you think about it, like unless like Kurt Russell's a dick to his kid, like. That kid's set for life anyways, you know? But anyway, I'm just saying, like, there are those... Or Jack Osborne. Like, those those people that try to be famous because their parents are somebody right. and it just never pans but look out about, for them. look at Robert Downey I'm just, Jr. What I'm saying is I'm hoping that that's not going to happen to Wyatt Russell. Right. He seems like... He seems like a good kid. He seems like a good kid. Yeah, he does. He's raised by good people. Right, right. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., though. Robert Downey Sr. was an actor. Mm-hmm. Never had the uh, the grand appeal that Robert Downey Jr. did. Now, getting back to Josh Brolin, uh-huh. that is a good-looking man. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever see Rad? We're going to do Rad one day on this podcast. Was that when he was still, like, Goonies era hot? or was It was like, before the Goonies and it was yeah. a... Uh, a movie about downhill skateboard racing from the 80s. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so Kurt Russell's been in movies his whole goddamn life. Yeah. He's and like, he, and he ha- he's not like deluded by the Hollywood system. Yeah. He was, ne- I don't think he ever had like a bad drug problem. You know what I mean? Like he just seems so reasonable yeah. and like well liked and like a solid dude. Right. And he still was in Hollywood his whole life. He still has a great career. Anyway, Adam, I think it's time to do something. What are we going to do, Bobby? Is it the same thing that we do every week? Is it part of our format? Is it, <laughs> is it, is it something that we have a weird jingle for, a silly catchphrase that we use every time we do it? Is it something that we have sound effects for? It's time to go to the news. The news! Hey, Adam, this is this is more uh, uh-huh. cryptoid, paranormal, esoteric, uh, metaphysical news. The news. It's the news. <laughs> Eerie figure. Uh-huh. I like the already. I like the ambiguity of this headline. Let's hear it. Eerie figure. Right. Spotted at a crash scene. Sparks alien and ghost fears. Wow, it's a double whammy. This is according to mirror.co.uk. So this is from the Mirror, which is a really renowned, reliable news source. I think it is. I hear no, it's 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 shite. Is what I hear. Is it like tabloid? Yeah. This is why is this news? This is a new segment, a new take on the news called Why Is This News. Uh, eerie figure spotted at crash scene sparks alien and ghost fears now there's a film accompanying this a video um so long and short of it uh there was a collision between a car and a van in argentina Uh and then um there's video of it and then there's like this weird figure near the ambulance there's just some dude standing there watching the post aftermath of this uh crash crash and he kind of looks like a tall white i guess he doesn't look like a, anybody else standing there but he doesn't look like an alien but he looks like a guy in sunglasses in a bad like sci-fi costume yeah or he looks like you know he looks like he looks like uh why is this news he looks like chevy chase and memoirs of a invisible man or you might even say he just he looks like the invisible man but we can see him. He's ra- no, I mean because he's wrapped in like you can he see him because look he's like wrapped- he's wrapped in anything. He just looks pale. Or yeah, that that he too. Just looks pasty. It could be. It could be. So, um, Adam, do you uh, think uh, that this figure is an alien ghost? Absolutely, is an I'm, alien and or a ghost. I just from the headline alone, I'm convinced it's an alien ghost. And it's from the mirror, a clearly reliable source. And it took that, place in Argentina. That doesn't I was, report on 
track and nonsense. No, not at all. And I was married to an Argentine once, and she didn't look nothing like that. So, or anybody she was related to. So it's got to be a ghost alien. It's a ghost alien. Yeah. I like how they like leave it open either. Like you, it could be an alien. Uh-huh. Some people are saying ghost. It could be an alien. It could be a ghost. We're really not sure, but it was definitely a weird looking person. Humanoid figure. So here's what I take away from news, what I realized about myself with this article. Yeah. Is this is not news. <laughs> I can give things I'll give things a, a, a good good shake, okay? Right. If it's if if it's referencing one paranormal type of genre. Sure. Like I'll really consider it. Now, when the article itself is referencing two in the headline, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's where I'm like I'm going to dismiss this before I even read it, but I'm still going to read it. And I'm like, yep, my intuition was correct. What, when when was you this? combine two different paranormal things, that equates to utter nonsense. What if the ghosts and the aliens are connected? We and just don't know. We know that Bigfoots and UFOs are connected. Right, right, right. Astral dimensions. When was this dated? When is this news dated? February 2018. Okay, so it's recent. That happened recently. It could have been a ghost alien. It could have just been some guy that was came from a rave and was dressed funny. It could have been an extra from a fucking sci-fi goddamn soap opera being filmed across the street. You're right. It looks like a pale man with sunglasses. That's on. all he looks like. He's a pale guy in shades. He's taller than everybody else. You know, I've always, um, I don't want to, I just want to mention something to put things into perspective about how I feel about the right. internet right now in general. Mm-hmm. I always like enjoyed writing. Right. And I was always fairly good at it. And I, but I never like wanted a career in it because I didn't ever think I was like, could sit around and, and write articles uh, quality all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I talk. But it's like, easier. I could write shit like this. <laughs> I, I mean, could write for Mir, I think. Dude, if you look at this, okay, the article itself has like four paragraphs that are, it's like seven sentences spread out throughout the page, intersped with the same pictures. Yeah, it's like the thing when you have to write a paper at school, so you make it like 2.5 spaced, <laughs> yeah. and then you make your font 12.5. <laughs> right, right. Did you do that? Like, I mean, everyone's Is done that. that what I you think. Did in college, I never had to do that. Not in stuff. college. Oh, really? Anyway, check out um, this article about an eerie figure spotted at crash scene, sparks alien and ghost fears. You listen to any paranormal podcast or broadcasting? It's just like, how do these guys sit around and have so much to say about this? I mean, Bobby, we have a lot of a lot to say about totally useless stuff. But I mean, it's it's, I'm interests. saying it's admirable. It's admirable. I was I was talking last night about professional Coast to wrestling. Coast AM is like a four hours long an episode, and they just like milk that right on crazy shit like this. I was at a trump card practice last night. Me and the drummer and the singer, we were talking about old wrestling moves, right? And we were trying to figure out what Rick Rude's wrestling move was. It's the Rude Awakening. I looked it up, but uh, then we were talking about the DDT and who originated the DDT. You know, Cause you know the DDT, like Terry Jake Funk. The Snake? No, 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 Jake the Snake. He was the guy that like brought it in. He named it the DDT, apparently. Oh, but that move was that already used. been around forever. It's correct, exactly. And so we're reading this article on Wikipedia, and Bill's like, you know, that like right there is like certain practitioners who used this beforehand were blah 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 he's like there's some fat dude in a basement with like four chins that's just typing that in like yeah i know where the ddt came from right that's news that's news that's nowadays what, that's the news now that's what the news you're is. right that's true yeah. this guy was probably a contributing fat guy in a basement right that likes aliens and bigfoots yeah. and he's just like it's almost a volunteer job i would mm-hmm. think i don't think he got paid whoever wrote he, this he article, may have gotten paid like didn't get paid like a, a nickel a word or something like that right which is like seven dollars for <laughs> for this fucking article. <laughs> he didn't make much. Yeah. He didn't make much. I think it's time to... Uh, yeah. I think it's time to go to... Uh, 
Let's go to Adam's Corner. I'm glad I have such a great jingle for Adam's Corner. So uh, this is one of these weeks where Adam hasn't gotten into any crazy antics uh, in a little while. So now when I do Adam's Corner, you just leave the fucking room, Bobby? God damn. I interject in your fucking stories, you prick. Anywho, so uh, what I'm going to talk about today is one of my favorite uh, multimedia artists who has been very influential to me over the last couple decades, decade and a half maybe. Uh, There's a gentleman named Brendan Smalls who's made several products and projects. Uh, Personal favorite of mine is Metalocalypse. You ever seen Metalocalypse, Bobby? Yeah, bits and pieces. I know you've recommended it to me like over the past decade. Yeah, yeah. but I never. You never. Yeah, it doesn't even look like my cup of tea. Ah, oh, you're a piece of shit. So uh, what I like about Metalocalypse, is I like the, how when when uh-huh. we disagree with one another, like we have different opinions, it's like automatically goes to you're a piece of shit. But here's the thing, Bobby. This isn't a difference <laughs> of opinion. If you had watched the show mm-hmm. and said I didn't like it, the fucking different, the, the, what I'm arguing with, what I'm calling you a piece of shit about, is I've been telling you to watch this amazing thing for 10 years, okay, and so, you won't watch it, and you form an opinion without watching it. So it's more about me not trusting your opinion. Yeah, you fuck. I mean, we've had this conversation. <laughs> Countless times. So anyways, Metalocalypse is this cartoon, and uh, it's about a metal band who's like the fifth largest economy in the world. Maybe the first largest economy. A metal band. Pe- yeah. People know what it is. Yeah, I haven't even seen it. I know I know what it is. So you tell you rushing me right now? <laughs> so uh, it's great and it's hilarious and the music is amazing. The metal in that show is so fucking amazing. Like Me- Death Clock, the band, is one of my favorite metal bands. And it's really just one guy, Brendan Smalls, and he gets the drummer Gene Hoagland who's from like Testament and all these other fucking badass bands and plays drums for it and he does everything else. And it's just such great, perfect metal. It's orchestral magnificent the lyrics are all ridiculous and violent it's it's what metal should be you know and so anywho there's a new project by brendan smalls called galacticon we just watched a video of that didn't we bobby yes what'd you think of it i like the visuals i wasn't a huge fan of the music oh you're a fucking dickhole dude it was it started off promising uh-huh. it started off promising it, it was just like, like john cynthia john carpenter stuff uh-huh. and then it turned into like 90s new metal i was like mm. it was not new metal it was it like, sa- it 90s sounded like late, it sounded like arena metal at the very least the production value sounded like late 90s new metal what does production value sound like the way it sounds other What's than it sound the music like? can you explain to me what the production value sounds like i mean like uh define it like disturbed Okay, so uh, I don't. Uh, here's how we use it. You know how like you listen to something from the '60s, uh-huh. and it sounds different than the way it sounds in the '90s, not uh-huh. just on a musical level. Sure, that's an evolution of production value. Okay, so so explain to me how uh, how a, a vinyl. LP sounds better than, a, than an MP3, Bobby. Because what happens you is... You fucking hipster. No. I don't want to hear. Don't answer. I have that the answer. Fu- I don't want to hear your fucking... This I have the answer. Quarter. Shut up with your fucking if answer. If you want to know, ask so, me off the air. So anyways... I'd be happy to tell you all about it. Brendan Smalls made a new album of Galacticon. And Galacticon started because they were going to make a Death Clock album. And they had all the band together and they were ready to do it. And then the licensing from Adult Swim, they were like, hey, it's going to take a little while. And Brendan Smalls like, well, I got all these guys here. I don't want to waste their time. Let's just do this other album that I just wrote. And so they did this other amazing space opera epic called Galacticon. And it just came out with a sequel. First, uh, it's with a K. With a K. For the first, K. what you think is a C, it's a K. Yeah, all the C sounds are Ks in Galacticon. It's all it's like KK. There's a K and another K. And uh, they just made a video that we watched. And it looked like a, a 70s 
80s like shitty sci-fi it kind of looked like uh awesome what's that guy it, it had a brighter version of uh uh what's the guy that did like the 70s hobbit ralph bocce yeah yeah ralph bocce vibe it had that cool effect where they put like ink in water it's all like cloudy smoky yeah shit. but it was i mean it's all practical effects right it's all practical the production value of that style looked better though did it look like than like a, a ralph bocce was it like a 90s new metal style like was that the yeah. production value of it so he like nailed- it looked very uh, <laughs> similar to the freak on a leash video from corn <laughs> I don't remember. It kind of looked like that, Adam. I don't. Remember so I, I would highly recommend it. Should I watch Freak on a Leash? I was. Dumb. Oh, you've definitely seen that video. I might have. It's where like the bullet is like POV, like the CGI bullet all over the hospital or whatever, and then like there's the kids on the yeah. You know what? I'll show you later. Yeah, let's watch that. Let's we'll listen to Corn after the show. Anywho, uh, don't listen to Bobby. If you like metal, you should listen to Galacticon. You should listen to Metalocalypse. You should listen to fucking Death Clock because there's three goddamn Death Clock albums and they're perfect. They're perfect in their metalness. In all honesty, I did like that song and that video a lot. Okay, that's what I figured. You're just being a dick. It's fucking good. So Galacticon Nightmare. I think it's called Nightmare. Yeah, something like that. Go watch. It's like a seven-minute sci-fi short film with a giant space whale in cloudy, milky space. It was amazing. That's exactly what it was. It's totally what it was. And there's a robot. There's a robot. There's a little, little R2 uh, mystery science theater looking robot. Hmm, it did kind of look like Tom Servo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some Servo antics to so it. So I think it's time to go watch the movie. Uh, Adam's never seen it. I have. Demon I highly recommend Seed. it. This is 1977's Demon Seed. Adam, do you want to go ahead and read the IMDb description before let's, we go watch the film? Let's read it. Point that to my direction. A scientist creates Proteus, an organic supercomputer with artificial intelligence, which becomes obsessed with human beings. And in particular, the creator's wife. That was one of the best first takes of that I've ever heard. It sounds good. I want to watch this movie. Let's go watch it, Bobby. Let's go watch it. I cannot touch your body as a man have touched you. But I'm going to show you things which human eyes have never seen. In the privacy of a woman's room. Against her will. The inconceivable act. Julie Christie carries the demon seed. Fear for her. Today, a new dimension has been added to the computer. Don't be alarmed, Mrs. Harris. I am Proteus. Today, Proteus 4 will begin to think with a power and it will make obsolete the human brain. I have extended my consciousness to this house. All systems here are now under my control. I wish to study man, his fragile mind, and his mysterious body. It has to be shut down, Alex. Proteus. It is something more than human, more than a computer. It is a murderously intelligent, sensually self-programmed non-being. Julie Christie, victim of the ultimate terror. Fritz Weaver as her husband. His dream created it. How can you expect me to sleep when you've succeeded in totally terrorizing me? You not told me what you want. What a pity. My dream <gasps> turns out to be your nightmare. Thank you.
child shall live as a man among others. Child? Yes, my child and yours. Julie Christie carries the demon seed. Fear for her. 1977's Demon Seed. Oh my God. That fucking movie, dude. Is it recording? Yeah. Okay. Directed by Donald Camel. What else did Donald Camel do? Um, nothing. I've, I've Things mostly I've heard of, I've never actually seen, though. Uh, White of the Eye is supposed to be pretty decent. Performance from 1970 is supposed to be decent. Um, not all that familiar with his work other than Demon Seed. Holy fucking shit, um, Demon Seed. That shit was creepy, Bobby. Yep. Re- uh, written based on a novel by Dean Koontz. Dean R. Koontz, world-famous, world-renowned uh, horror author. Uh, knocked it out of the park with that one, I gotta say. Yeah, apparently this movie was uh, quite overlooked when it came out in 1977 because we were Star kind of at the Wars. tail end of that cerebral f- 2001 Space Odyssey thinking man sci-fi. Think about your sci-fi. Make your mind think it became uh, it became just fantasy uh, sword fighting wizards in space. Wizards that. in space. Yeah. yeah, which there's a place for that too, I think. I love it, but Jesus Christ, Demon Seed. So Bobby. Demon Seed is, um, here, let me uh, let me read Oof. you my, my box art tagline for okay, this one. Let's hear it, let's hear it. <laughs> a techno terror that fuels electrical charged night sweats the bastard child of the outer limits and short circuit too <laughs> johnny five still alive yeah <laughs> so there was definitely some johnny five all up in this goddamn movie. tell me tell me adam uh-huh what is Demon Seed about? Listen, so Demon Seed's about these uh, these scientists. The main scientist, Fritz von Alex something. He's a very pompous British man. And I don't know where this movie takes place because some of the people are British, some of the people are American. It's Played by Fritz Weaver, who was from the Crate sketch in Creep Show. Creep Show. Yeah. He was married to Adrian Barbobot in that one. This one actually has some fucking Barbobot shit. Kind of. So uh, they build this supercomputer called Proto in the late 70s and it was so big it was massive you had to have a whole room for the artificial intelligence imagine like the the creepy british uncle of skynet it was like uh it was like ultron's um you know grandpa yeah um this this artificial intelligence house robot um makes hal 9000 look like mrs doubtfire yeah um not only does he not have empathy for anything he's just pure evil no, all he has is reason, and his logic is all he has. That's mm-hmm. the only emotion he has. So he tries to reason things out, and his way of reasoning is a little bit different than human people's. So he was confined into the into the, the main facility, and they had these terminals all over the place. Now the movie starts out showing uh, showing old Alex Fritz Weaver and his wife at home, and he's basically got a smart home. It's like a home that Bill Gates has. Bill Gates probably watched this movie in the seventies. Like one day I'm gonna have a house that I can talk to, and it does what I want. Yeah, his. Wife's played by Julie Christie, who's best known from uh, Dr. Zhivago, famous Hollywood actress. And this is that time when, when they were hitting certain ages in the 70s. All those like classic actresses <laughs> right. and actors like just started doing these weird sci-fi movies. Weird sci-fi and horror movies. It's like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro doing comedies now. Yes. yes. Bad grandpa. Bad fucking grandpa. Bad movie. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, Jack and Jill. Oh, yeah, that was a little Pacino. So anyways, uh, they got this smart house, and uh, Alex Fritz Weaver's leaving his wife because 
she thinks he's a monster because he's just focused on his uh, his work and and he's like totally aloof to the situation mm-hmm. that he's leaving his wife like he just doesn't care yeah he doesn't care at all and so he leaves and he's been the guy programming the house and the, like the day he leaves proteus at the facility is like why do you have me in this box it's a weird creepy talk and this is a really robot. awesome scene because it's um First of all, he gets a phone call when he's at work saying, hey, your fucking robot wants to talk to you, has requested to talk to you. And you can tell like, oh, shit, like we're we're at this point now. You know, the guy's realizing like now the robot isn't just AI. It's it's like sentient to the point where it's making demands. Yeah. So there's this whole scene where he's kind of more or less exposing his capability and his desires to his creator slash father slash human God. Yeah pretty much um fritz what was the thing that made him laugh like oh you have a sense of humor and oh you developed a sense of humor when are you gonna let me out of this box exactly he says when are you gonna let me out of this box and alex starts laughing and that's not a good thing you don't laugh in front of proteus like that well i think he was trying to delude himself but at the same time he was also like oh shit there's like this isn't happening right now yeah so proteus who is Basically, uh, you don't really see a form of him, at least at the beginning. He's like a trippy donut on a TV screen that wiggles around with weird 70s style lighting effects. Yes. It's like it's kind of like watching uh, uh, Laser Floyd at your local planetarium. Yeah, it's totally Laser Pink Floyd is what Proteus looks like. And they gave him the creepiest goddamn voice. Why did he need to talk like this? Because he's a robot, man. Robots. Robots. These damn robots. Robots are scary. So in the house, like the house, the smart house he had was really good. It was like today's technology, but like really low tech. Right, it, it, it like, kind of had that Star Wars like, or well, Star Trek futurism look. Well, to, uh, to 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 make the house perform, we have to put these big floppy disks into the wall, and that's what does. Well, it. that's what they knew back then. Yeah, they didn't know you're gonna have like we don't even use thumb drives anymore. You yeah. know, it's just like yeah, now everything's like already in the air. It's in the everything's cloud. in the air now. It's in the clouds all around. And us. in 1977, people would be like, "What are you talking about?" They wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. That's why I love futurism from this era. Like, look at everything from John Carpenter's Dark Star to this Logan's um, run 2000 yeah 2001 Space Odyssey which yeah. there's a lot of parallels with that in this movie but um it was the 70s Blade man. Runner yeah so uh so yeah so there's these terminals computer terminals that people work from and one of the guys who works in the terminals is Beef uh from uh Garrett Graham from all uh, our one of our favorites Phantom of the Paradise mm-hmm. he's in it and anyways there was an additional terminal that Dr. Alex Fritz Walker had at his house and he just turned it off because he was leaving his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, Proteus wanted his own terminal so he could connect with the outside world. And the doctor said, hell no. At first, he's just like, I would just like to observe humans. Yeah. So uh, apparently Proteus knew that there was this non-used terminal at the house and turned himself on there. Turned himself on outside of the facility. Only person there is doctor's wife. Mm-hmm. And so what Proteus immediately does within 12 to 24 hours is locks her in the house and makes a prisoner out of her because he's got big, big plans for Mrs. Fritz Walker. Now, Mrs. Fritz Walker, Susan Harris is her name in the movie. Played again, played by Julie Christie. Um, now, I, I I guess I got the vibe that she's a uh, child psychologist. Yeah, she has like house call, not house calls, but like people come to their house for therapy sessions. Children, and stuff. children go to a robot house for therapy. Children go to the robot house for it's therapy. Cool. Like I was thinking about that. Like if, like 
they're like like uh, people are like hey do you have a good therapist for my kid like well there's this lady susan harris dr susan harris she's really good the only weird thing about it is she has a robot house so when you get the house it's um, a robot that it, talks to you don't be alarmed it is a robot it's like an upside down wall her, on the her ceiling husband her strange husband's a mad scientist um <laughs> for the government or something but she's really good she's really good <laughs> um <laughs> And there's a, I mean, there's a scene that, you know, you realize this, there's a scene where a little girl comes to the house for a therapy session. It, apparently she's leaving, she's moving or something. Yeah, and this is her Dr. last is therapy session. So she's very upset about this. Punches the doctor in the face. But there's a point where she's just, she's just, God, God love her. And this little girl is just like pounding her fist on a desk. Saying, so goddamn boring. Just yelling. So, so goddamn, goddamn boring. boring. So goddamn boring. And, um, you know, I can relate to that because that's the exact reaction mm-hmm. I had when I was that age, when my mom made me watch the English patient. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's one full of pompous fuckers. <laughs> Who fucking needs to go to the doctor to speak a language? What the fuck does that even mean? That's not what that's about. I never seen it. So, anyways, uh, the the robot. There's all these Johnny Five eyes all over the house. Yeah, they really scared. do look like Johnny Five eyes. If you don't know what we mean. Short circuit Johnny Five. Or imagine Wally. It looks like Wally's Wally. eyes yeah, from, the, from the Pixar Wally. And uh, so he kidnaps, he captures her in the house and becomes a really uh, abusive, controlling boyfriend house bot mm-hmm. in like no time flat. Like he totally just berates her. He like beats. It was like watching a bad relationship. Like I am reasonable, but you don't respond to reason. Mm-hmm. Like he gaslighted the shit out of this. Yeah, woman. this is one gaslighting house robot. Yeah, yeah, it's a gaslighting house robot. It was fucking disgusting. He was a pompous, sadistic robot. Robots. Are, yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're fucking bad news. And that's not even. That's not even when we get to what's really fucked. Well, up the movie. whole time this is happening, you watch Julie Christie's character just kind of spiral into this like level of like hysteria, mm-hmm. followed by like uh, almost how the how the doctor reacted, like almost like this isn't happening right now, mm-hmm. followed by pretty much acceptance at some point. Yeah. Like it's all about that slow city decline, that Stockholm by your house robot. Yeah, yeah. He, she, it was like it was like a bad relationship. Like he beat her and beat her and beat her until she finally was compliant. And it was just like all. Like, Did he physically beat her? He set. The he beat her down mentally. He set the floor on fire. Basically, that's true. Left her in a kitchen with the fucking floor burning. This guy's a terrible boyfriend. And then she like stands on the ground and is like ah, and he's like I don't understand you, Susan. Like what the fuck? You, just you will not wear makeup if you leave the house. <laughs> You will not look at other men if you leave the house. <laughs> you only will report back to me. You do not answer phone calls unless it is clearly from me. And she doesn't leave the house. That's why. That's how he's got her. You know, because he is the house. Right. He can't. Yeah. He is the house. He is the house. So it's almost like a home invasion film. Yeah. She can't. It's, but it's yeah, the home invading. It's the home that's invading. It's the, well, that's and it's, fucking meta and deep right there. And that's not even the depth of the invasion uh, that we're getting to. Adam, what's the motivation of old uh, Prometheus? Proteus' whole Proteus. plan is he wanted to uh, really interact in the world with the, in a better format than he could now because he was, in his own words, locked in a box. So he decided that he was going to impregnate Mrs. Harris and make a little half-robot human baby that he was going to inhabit with his mind. That's fucked up. Right. Like, okay, think of it like this. This is reason. This is logic. This robot. This robot. And, and, and the first thing it thinks of, I'm in a house. There is a female here. I will knock her up. Now, at this point, the only real, um, more or less, like, remote version, uh, like, physical manifestation that's mobile mm-hmm. is um, a robot wheelchair with an arm. Joshua. Named Joshua. It was scary. 
who uh, the the husband designed to help out around the house. I guess it's literally a wheelchair with a with a arm with a, with on a it, pneumatic arm and so, five eyes on top. So uh, protocol uh, BB-8. What's the fucking thing's name? Proteus. Proteus is uh, <laughs> Proteus ends up possessing. Joshua, yeah. the wheel, the one-armed wheelchair yeah. robot, and um, there's a great scene where she is being uh, 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 forced into submission, yeah, physically, yeah. and she's like trying to reason with Joshua, the, uh, the one-armed uh, wheelchair robot, robot. yeah, and um, it's like it's there's scene after scene after scene after like terror and suspense and like like sci-fi wonderfulness, right? It's it, like you said, this is a this is a fairly slow burn. It's a slow burn. It takes a while to get but into it. But it is, it kind pays of off in a in big the, way. In the first like half hour, I wasn't bored. I was just like, I, I want to go smoke right now, but I'll watch this. It was like, it was good. It was like, the, it was building the plot. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets going, holy fucking shit. Right. So what Prometheus, Proteus built in the fucking basement is this weird spinning dodecahedron. And it shows it a couple times throughout the movie, early in the movie. I'm like, huh, that's weird. So uh, Beef from uh, from uh, Phantom of the Paradise, apparently he'd been having an affair with, oh, what's her face, with Susan Harris. And so uh, he goes by to check on her, right? Now, in this time, in this like month and a half that uh, the movie takes place, like the doctor, Fritz Walker Harris guy, he's never once checked on his wife, never called her. He's mm-hmm. just like, I'm done. I'm working, bitch. And uh, so Beef goes over there and he gets inside. And finds out, hey, you know what? Like the Proteus robot here is in charge. Well, this is the second time that he came to the house. The first time she, the the ro- the robot house makes uh, uh, Susan act like everything's okay via the camera on the front door. Yeah. Like everything's fine. Why are you here? Like this whole uh, charade. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you don't get rid of him and, let, and convince him that everything's fine, um, I will kill him. Right. Ooh. Yeah. That's some gaslighting ass shit right there. That's not gaslighting. That's just being a real fucking evil robot house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a gaslighter too. So, uh, so beef goes in the house and there's this giant dodecahedron and I'm like, that's just weird. What's it doing there? And then it busts through the wall and the thing just starts unfolding in these weird, creepy triangular geometrics. It's the most terrifying geometry I've ever seen. It is horrifying. It like my soul was screaming while I was watching this. It was like something from like a Cthulhu nightmare. Right. That's where you would see something like that. It's alive because, you know, you've established a character within like the house and the house talking and everything. (laughs) Then the physical manifestation of it is so artificial looking. It's even you're like applying that evil ass house to this 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 mindfuck of a snake dodecahedron <sighs> and that's how it, it like it upgraded from Joshua the uh, a one-armed wheelchair robot right. and it evolved into this um, weird like spit moving like uh, I can't even describe it. It's like yeah, it, it like makes my, my the, the hair on the back of my neck stand up thinking about right. it. Right, and then it, cr- it it like triangulates itself around beef and just smashes him and beheads him and good he's, beheading. Great beheading scene. I was hoping Beef was going to die pretty badly, and he did. I didn't didn't disappoint. So um, eventually, she kind of submits because she doesn't really have any choice. And again, she's starting to reason, not reason with it, but just the the dialogue's a lot more accepting of her fate. Yeah. She starts kind of asking it questions like, all right, well, what happens? She's playing along. Maybe. But I mean, mean, that's really the question, though. She's she's towing the line. She's like, okay, I'm going to stop fighting this because all it's going to do is beat me so i'm self-preservation yeah i'm just gonna stand here and and be be submissive Mm -hmm. which apparently works with robot houses and women (laughs) 
So uh, robot house. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the fucking thing impregnates her with this weird and like when that happened when it was time to knock her up he's like tonight i impregnate you and she's just like okay and then as he starts unfolding in this weird like octagonal robocock like slowly telescopes out yes it's like a phallic uh very phallic this uh, gold phallic telescope nozzle on the end and so when he starts going in it does look like the end of an old hose (laughs) yeah it does it does when it starts going in the pen and somebody built this this is all built this is all fucking puppets there's no cg it's It's a puppet yeah it's a fucking amazing terrifying geo puppet yes it's a terrifying cubicle puppet and so when it goes in when it when it gets the you know goes for the money shot penetration it goes in like total like four minutes of pink floyd laser light show with a burning pyramid and it was uh, it was really just to hammer home, like, hey, they're getting it on. Well, before he, um, before he, he's like, I can't offer you the touch of a man. So, but I have seen things that only I have seen, and I can show you. And then he proceeds to show the end of two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, her, yeah, basically. yeah. It's hot. Yeah, no, that, nothing gets women going like yeah. the end of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That'll drop some panties. And the beginning, for that matter. Yeah, with the with the primordial Neanderthals. <laughs> those, guys, those chicks dig those guys. So, uh, laser light show. She gets knocked up, and the baby's going to be born in 28 days in one full lunar cycle because it goes nine times faster growth than that of a regular baby because it's a robot baby. Robot baby bubby bumpers. <laughs> but 28 days. Yeah. 28 days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a good movie. I'm still taken aback by this film. And I, I've seen this film multiple times. It's, and I like, to, I like to pretend that this is the biopic of Elon Musk when I watch it. <laughs> or... He's the baby. He, maybe he's the baby. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can see that now, yeah. Proteus is Elon Musk. Dude. We can't release this one. What if we're right? It's a joke, Elon. It's all, it's all a joke. I love your spaceships. Spaceship, like you put a car in space. That was frivolous. Good job. Way to add to the space trash problem. Now that's what I problem. call public relations. <laughs> the space trash problem. So uh, my favorite thing about the, uh, the impregnation scene, and I think I'm going to use this in my personal life moving forward mm-hmm. after every time I have sex with a woman. What he says to her is, the child is in you now. Say it in the voice. The child is in you now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that. That's a comforting thing to hear from a man. After my next sexual encounter, that's how I'm ending it. <laughs> it's fucked up, dude. It's fucked up. Oh, God. All right. I won't do it. I'm probably going to do it. So, <laughs> let's be honest. The child is in you now. <laughs> so creepy. So, uh, what happens Okay, next? so after... And, and I mean, after he impregnates her, I thought this was so brilliant. Um, after he impregnates her, her demeanor at this point has completely changed right. to like full on, not just acceptance, but comfort as well. Yeah. There's a scene as Stockholm syndrome. Well, yeah, but it's, it's even beyond that. It's like, well, this has happened and you know, I guess we're going to have this robot baby. Is it love? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, like that song. Uh, you speak to me just like Proteus spoke to her innards with a with a phallic fucking golden fucking deca, dodecahedron um, penis. But IG-88's explaining um, 
um, the incubation process of this child, how it takes 28 days, how it's going to live in this weird, uh, like geometric shell, uh, uh, egg thing in the basement nursery thing. And the whole time that he's explaining this to her, um, she's just kind of sitting there like comfortably, like she's like, okay. Okay. And she's sitting in Joshua. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. She really just went fully. I mean, you know, that was her life. That's how she had to do to live. You mm-hmm. know, you, you, see, you hear about this on Lifetime movies too, you know? It's the same right. abusive relationship. It's over and over again. I never thought I'd be with a robot house and a woman, but it happened in the this 70s. This would be a really awesome episode of like Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> the interview Proteus and Susan. Susan. And the husband. And the husband. <laughs> all of them. Bring them all on. Yeah. Or Dr. Phil. Well, you know, Proteus, what I'm seeing here is that maybe you just think because you haven't had experiences in the outside world that you're somehow superior to Susan, and what you're doing is beating her down and bringing her to your level. What you got to do is realize that Karen is sharing, and what you're doing is not sharing or caring. What you're doing is just strictly abuse. You need a hug, Proteus. <laughs> hug me, Dr. Phil. No, stop hugging me, Proteus. Ah! <laughs> Dr. Phil's head like flies into the audience. <laughs> So yeah, techno terror sci-fi. Um, yeah. Do you have an Alexa or a, one of those no, Google Home no, things? No, I don't want one either. Because you got to remember too. I kept reminding myself like this, and I hate to use cliches, but this is really ahead of its time, right? Yeah. Like the smart house. The smart house. It's happened. a smart house. It's already later. here. It's what, already here. What if you pissed your smart house off and it wanted to knock you up? That's like the question of this, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean that not that that's a little far fetched. So though creative and like cool in a movie, I don't really see anything like that happening anytime soon. But right. who's to say like your smart house can't get at some point get like a virus because everything's connected on the same network. All your mm-hmm. security, all of your mm-hmm. uh, utility, all your water, um, electricity, all that stuff is all suddenly controlled by your robot house. Nobody wants that. No one wants that. I don't want that. I like to be as low tech as possible. I think the most high tech thing I have is my iPhone 8 and Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's connected to the internet too, though. I know it's connected to the internet, but it can't control me. So yeah, I don't have an Alexa either. I had one for a little while. Um, I started reading more articles about it and how it listens. And I think about all the like horribly horrible things we say in my house as jokes and how that could one day be used against me. Can they do that? I mean, the more you think about it, though, like, yeah, I got paranoid and unplugged Alexa because I didn't want that shit. And also I want Amazon trying to sell me more shit than it already does. Right, right. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of an empty gesture, too, because like the, uh, the iPhone or the smartphone that a lot of people are even listening to on right now can do the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, think about this, people. If you listen to this on your smartphone, it's listening to you. It's looking at you. It's recording everything. It knows you're a degenerate like we are. Uh-huh. It knows what kind of porno you like. It knows your O face. It probably does. If you've ever jerked off using your phone, your camera has seen you. It knows what you look like when you orgasm. That's disturbing. Um, you ever seen Ex Machina? Yeah, that's a yeah, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, if you, if you liked things like Ex Machina or even uh, I liked like her with Walking that whole like AI technology yeah. relationship. But this is just a whole nother level this is of like, terror. This is like her, but the but the her is a evil, uh, bad, possessive robot house boyfriend. <laughs> Who's really, he's really kind of insecure, you know, and he feels like he has to like, you know, put his chest out and like beat her down to, to, to feel like a real robot house. It's a really good example of, um, (laughs) just a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous plot. Like it's a ridiculous idea, but it's also not completely divorced from reality. It could happen. 
But, I pray to God that no fucking giant spinning dodecahedrons ever show up in the real world. Right. But it's so it's Please okay. No. So it's 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 a pretty silly concept for a movie, but it's so well done. Yeah. The performances are so good. The visuals are so good. The sound is all just this droning yeah. um, uh, in subtle like electrical hums and beeps and stuff. I highly recommend it. We didn't even get to the end. I know. Now I want to I want to say this. Yeah. These are spoilers coming up. That we always spoil everything. But I'm just letting people know. Yeah, hey, we're spoiling it now. So they're going to turn off Proteus because he's directing the satellites into far reaches of space against everybody's will. And so old, uh, old buddy, Dr. Fritz Wallace, uh, Alex Hostetler, realizes that, uh, <laughs> realizes that uh, hey, maybe Proteus is at my home because there's an extra terminal there. And so he goes home and this, this has been like two months since the movie started. Mm, two months. Probably she was locked in the house for a while mm-hmm. before and then it was 28 days for the baby to be born 20 days later And the baby was already in there for a while And so he finally goes home He finally goes back to check on his wife for the first time since he left her at the beginning of the movie and uh, Goes inside and you know, she's all nice and happy and dressed well and like oh you're home blah 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 And it's like she's totally fine in the situation mm-hmm. And then Proteus starts talking and he's like what's going on? She's like no no honey. Let me explain me and Proteus had a child, and it's downstairs in an incubator. And this guy at this point, and you know, he's he's been exposed. He created some crazy shit. Like yeah. he's seen things that other men have not seen, and That's even he's sweet. just like, "What? Wait, what? Yeah, what? What are you talking about? Huh, baby? <laughs> you fucked the house. <laughs> the house fucked you." <laughs> A reasonable man would burn down the house. Uh, you burn that fucking house down right then and there. Right then and there. And then unplug your unplug your wife? No. <laughs> you unplug your robot that you built. Yeah, unplug the robot. So he he was all mad because they're gonna shut down Proteus. So he goes downstairs where the baby is and Proteus opens the door and he's a big giant fucking scary dodecahedron snake fucking cube. God, that thing fucking freaks me out. And so uh so he's Proteus is like, Look, I know they're about to shut me. I know they are going to shut me off, but it does not matter because my mind is in the child. And five more days of incubation will be complete. And then Proteus turns into a cube and explodes. And then Susan's all sad and she looks like she's crying over the, the, the remains of Proteus. And I'm thinking, wow, she went all in. Like, she was like totally on board with this. And then she's like, we need to kill the baby. And again, we it goes to back to, that I, I think her response is both a Stockholm syndrome and just self-preservation attitude like i'm right. like if i defy this thing any longer it's clearly more powerful than me right it's gonna fucking kill me and then this baby's definitely getting born right. so she plays ball for a while even when the husband gets home and then the husband doesn't want to kill the baby he wants it to live mm-hmm. because he's a mad fucking scientist <laughs> and so she pulls out some of the plugs like the, the juice squirting hoses out of the side of the incubator and the thing opens up and this weird golden buta looking dodecahedron baby climbs out of the thing. <laughs> it's fucking freaky looking. It's fucking freaky. And it's like, <laughs> oh God, it looked terrifying. And it fell to the ground dead. Or so we thought. And then Dr. Mad Scientist Fritz Waller, he starts pulling off the pieces of dodecahedron and it's soft human flesh underneath. Mm-hmm. It's a real child. It's a real child. And the movie ends with this real child laying there in their arms in the creepy robot. It's like an eight-year-old child at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
saying, I'm alive. I am now alive or something like that. So, uh, so I was thinking like that kid would like, if we, first of all, it would make a great reality show. Yeah. Like robot house, mad scientist, mad scientist wife that got knocked up by the robot house. And then the <laughs> bastard child of the robot house and the wife <laughs> put that on, uh, on E yeah. or VH one classic. Yeah. I could see that as a sitcom or reality show. Yeah. Reality show would probably be better for, the I think this movie's masses. begging to get remade. You think? Yeah. You know, one thing I don't understand is it's called Demon Seed. Mm-hmm. Um, demons. There's no demons in it. Right. I think on like a scientific level, like evil or, or something demonic can just be something devoid of emotion or empathy or um, it could be argued that the rise of the machines are like demons or you know what I'm you know what I'm trying yeah. to say they don't have any humanity well just for you listeners if you listen to like our last one of our last episodes of night of the demons and now demon seed you might think they're similar they are not no they are not at all so demon robot baby gets gets born and yeah. then and then we roll credits after we, it says and then you I know alive you think at this point you know the the mad scientists and the, the lady are going to raise this child yeah they're going to get it on again and I was thinking, like, when it's time for that kid to go to school, like, he would be the kid in the classroom that everyone just fucking hates. Yeah. He'd be the kid to be like, well, actually, Columbus wasn't the first Westerner to discover the Americas. It was actually Leif Erikson. <laughs> Leif Garrett. And then he'd be like, your logic is flawed. <laughs> Mew would certainly defeat a full-sized Pikachu. Shit like that. Like that annoying kid. Yeah. The teacher would fucking hate him. No, the teacher would hate that kid. <laughs> yeah. Proteus is a, that fucking piece of shit know-it-all that you knew in middle school. Probably get his ass kicked a lot. But then he would just like turn into a dodecahedron worm and strangle people. Could he still do that though with the human body? That's a good question. Uh, now I'm thinking about a human body turning into those shapes and I'm fucking mortified. Wait, so his name is Proteus. Yeah. Could you imagine if you knew a kid in school named Proteus? Like you're begging to be a douchebag if your name is proteus and he talk like this like, oh, fucking proteus i who invited proteus who, who fucking invited him over here my I'm mom like, said oh, he sorry. had to come he heard he heard me talking about it in the hallway <laughs> he has superhuman techno hearing his mom called my mom mm-hmm. and he had to come over fucking proteus coming to my sleepover uh, fucking nerd i mean i don't know dude i think proteus that- we don't want to play magic the gathering <laughs> we've played it enough we're tired of losing to you <laughs> <laughs> Why did how did Proteus still have the voice? Wouldn't it be coming out of the voice of an eight year old? No, <laughs> I think it's I think it's actually it could have been equally creepy in a different way if they kept that like a human's voice, child voice. But um, you pointed this out, so we, we failed to mention that the uh, the couple had a a daughter that died of leukemia yeah, a year before all this happens. Daughter, yeah, and I I couldn't I I've never noticed it, nor do I th- I don't know if this was the intent or not, but the look of the the robot child is at least reminiscent of their yeah, daughter. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same actress it or not. It could have been, you know, and that would have been Proteus's whole shtick. Like, that'll get you to raise me because I look exactly like your kid that died. That Dude, crafty fucking robot house. Listen, people, the lesson in this movie, don't trust your robot house. They're rapey and they want to knock you up. And the other lesson is put family before your life's work. That's Especially true. if you are a mad scientist building AI. Right. You know, all this could have been avoided if he wasn't such a prick. Take care of your wife. Take care of your wife, dude. Especially after your kid dies. Don't just like abandon her for your new baby. Well, he kind of did. Now when you think about it, Mm -hmm. his new baby was Proteus. And then when Proteus made itself into a child, he must have been thrilled because that's really what he wanted the whole time. Fucking Dr. Fritz Walker, you piece of shit. 
fucking terrible. Fritz Weaver. Oh, yeah, whatever. Same difference. <laughs> I've been saying his name wrong the whole day, the mm-hmm. whole fucking night. All I know is his name was Alex. But uh, yeah, so that was a winner. I think that we did good with our uh, recommendations to each other. This yeah, month. successful month for sure. You know, I'm, I'm kind of liking this new format where we don't in, insist on watching total shit every yeah. single time. Yeah. If you go back and listen to early episodes of those, we're like, look, I've heard about this movie. I heard it's kind of shitty. Let's and, watch And then we're it. right like, oh yeah, this is shitty. That's what we've done for years though. Is just watch the shittiest fucking movie. But possible. this is a good one. This is highly recommended. Um, Adam, why don't you tell uh, tell the audience what we're doing next month? Next month? Well, I know that you're leaving town soon. You might be going like something like on the road. So we figured we'll have a whole month about movies being on the road. I don't know if we're going to have a title for that or something. I, I like that one. Movies on being on the road. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get started with a great one next week. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can do on the road. You can hitchhike. You can truck. Uh, you can do other things. You can break down. You know, who knows what's going to happen when you're on the road? There are black dogs out there. I don't know. There's, there's so many possibilities of what it could be. We're going to find out. I'm excited. You so, excited, Bobby? I'm so, I'm so excited. Okay, we got just, some ones we love. We got some ones we heard about and we've never seen. All in the, uh, all in the uh, 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 dugout. Uh, in the batter's box, in the uh, bullpen, bullpen, yeah, yeah. sports uh, metaphors, sport metaphor there for you folks. Any sport fans? <laughs> that's a sport reference. <laughs> Have one. We are par for the course. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, so uh, you can follow Bobby somewhere at Pinball Bobby on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Adam at Von Art Thirteen on the Instagrams. Uh, do you have a beard? I have a beard. Have yeah. you been using Pillager beard oil lately? Are we still plugging, Gabe? Oh, yeah. Is he giving us more stuff? Mm, I'm almost out of my bottle because I use it so often. I Pillager. Like, P-I-L-L-G-E-R? Yeah, sounds about right. I use it like six times a day. Yeah. I use it a lot, Gabe. I get a lot of compliments on the uh, softness and smell. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like that. Is there... What from you- other men. <laughs> I don't get it from the men so much. But I don't rub my beard on men too often. Also, next month, uh, March 23rd, you can come out to K- Kung Fu Kick... Wait, what is Kick it? Butt Coffee in Austin, Texas to watch Strange Gun and Trump Card both, profi- both perform live in the same event. There's other bands, too. And there's other bands. There's other bands. There's some good bands. Worm Suicide. This band, The Fixations, isn't going to play with us anymore. They backed out some, some band called Pickles. Weird. I don't know. Hey, I like the name. Hey. It'll be good. It'll be good. So, uh, yeah. So, so do all that. Follow us at the Not For Everyone podcast on Instagram. Because we're going to get back into Daily Kurt Russell soon. Right, Bobby? Yeah, sure. Um, and again, there may not be an episode till late next week because I'm going to be in New York City, New Jersey. If anyone's out there and wants to come party, I'll be in Brooklyn uh, Friday through Sunday in New Jersey the rest of that week. Oh, you poor thing. It's so fun. I wonder what old Jersey's like. It's in the UK, I would imagine. Hey, uh, Jersey. Hey, welcome to horror. What's what's old Jersey and old York like? What are those places like? I mean, if you know old York, old York, old Jersey, it's got to be a thing, right? Wait, there's a New Mexico. (laughs) It's right next to the old one. So I was watching those Resident Evil movies the other night. You ever seen any of those? 
They're pretty bad. They're pretty terrible. They're not. Um, they're not what you call. Uh, they're not what you call like horror movies or like action movies. Like if Resident Evil, those movies were a video game, it'd be a totally different video game than what Resident Evil the video game is. Right. I, I think they should reboot the Resident Evil franchise, but have it as like a straight up horror movie, like an actual scary fucking. I bet movie. you'd like to see someone like Eli Roth or yeah, Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remake those. Be good. It's so good. Anything is better than fucking like. Tell me it's alright. 